Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone out to the service this morning. I, too, would like to welcome our, our visitors here. We appreciate you being here with us this morning, especially our, our old brothers and sisters and friends that we haven't seen in quite some time. Appreciate Zane and the song service. Always good to, to have our college students home. In Matthew 12, we read Jesus here is talking to certain of the scribes and Pharisees. And starting in verse 46, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Christ looked at what we call family and said, This is not my family. This group here, this group that follows me, that's my family. When we walk in the door, when we make announcements, when we give the order of services, when we greet people, what do we say? Brother Brent, Brother Jeff, Sister so-and-so, and we know this to be true, we say it, but do we believe it? Do we act like it? Do you act and treat others as family here? I was talking to a brother a few years ago, and it was back in the back, and he mentioned to me, he said, man, it must be nice to walk in and have your family here every Sunday. And I said, well, absolutely. Then he went on to, to talk about my, my wife and kids, my mom, my in-laws. I realized he wasn't talking about this family. He was talking about my worldly family. And don't get me wrong, I thank God each and every day for that also. But the reality is, the truth is, we should all feel as if we walk into a room with family. We're all brothers and sisters. The term brother is used to refer to the Christian family approximately 230 times in the New Testament. The word brother literally uh, means from the same womb is a family term. And when referring to Christians, it means fellow believers, members of God's family. Everyone in this family has been born again. And brethren, family, that is a true blessing that we have. A blessing that was given to us by God. A blessing that we should cherish and nourish. And we should love one another. 1 John 4 and 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. The relationships that we have with one another, they are based on our love for God and our love for one another. You know, we always turn to 1 Corinthians 13 and we discuss this love, especially when we're doing uh, uh, marriage uh, studies or enrichments and, and working with couples, and I think that's a great thing. But this was actually written to the church there. At the start of this letter to the church in Corinth, he states in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 that there should be no divisions among you, and continues in verse 11, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. He goes on to talk of, of the baptisms taking place and, and ask, Is Christ divided? So when we study 1 Corinthians 13 and we study the love chapter, let's also remember the context. And there were divisions in their family. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 31, right before this love chapter, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. 
Paul then explains this love, this devoted and selfless brotherly love. And we're not going to read that chapter this morning, but we will read the last verse. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, love. Who is my brother? And who is my sister? And who is my mother? This group of saints right here, this is our family. They are my fellow heirs. And he will show us a more excellent way. Love. Do you love this family? Do you treat your brother and sister like family? Do they know and do they feel that love? I'll tell you, I've been around most of you my entire life. And I know when I walk in that back door, I will be greeted with love. And brother, I need that. I need Zoe to be waiting there with a smile and his genuine handshake. And I can feel it. I can see he really is happy to see me. And as a member of this family, all of us, we need to see and feel that love towards one another. 1 Corinthians 16 and 14, Let all your things be done with charity. God set up this family. Again, this blessing that we have. He also given us, has given us some responsibility to this family. And the greatest is to love one another. What are these responsibilities? We talked about how we should love one another and how we should should be a true family and treat each other accordingly. We should be devoted to one another. We should honor one another. Romans 12 and 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Ephesians 5 and 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know, the church, our family, it's full of people. (laughs) And we're not perfect. From time to time, even in families, problems or strife even arise. Did you know if we follow this simple and straightforward scripture, we would never have another problem in any church anywhere ever again. Because we would love one another. Romans 15 and 5, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Brethren, do we accept one another? lady walked into a big fancy church one Sunday morning. She came forward. The pastor greeted her, and he noticed she had a distinct smell of her. He also noticed that she was kind of wearing some raggedy clothes. She wanted to become a member. She wanted to be baptized into that church. But the pastor was thinking, man, what what would the other members think? So he told her, hey, before we baptize you, it'd be best if you went home and you prayed about that. So she did. That next Sunday morning, she came forward again in those same dirty clothes, And the preacher once again told her, he says, you know, maybe you should go home and study about this. A couple of weeks go by and the preacher sees this lady outside his favorite restaurant. She's digging in the dumpster, probably for food. And I guess he starts feeling a little guilt then. And he approaches her. He says, you know, I haven't seen you at church lately. Did you ever, you know, pray and study about that? Like we talked about. She goes, oh yeah, I did. God told me to go to another church. Told me to go down the street, and the preacher's like, well, what do you mean, told you to go somewhere else? She said, God told me he's been trying to step foot in your church for years, and you ain't never allowed him in either. 
Matthew 25, starting in verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when, when saw we thee in hunger, and the thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye did it to not one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I know the first story was kind of comical. The scripture reading, not so much. Brethren, is this family? Are we accepting of others, despite their differences? Does your family members here, do they feel like family? Do they feel as if they're accepted? You know, oftentimes, and let's just be honest, we have a, tend- a tendency to develop cliques within our family. Brother, that's what, that is not what family's about. We have these responsibilities or duties that we have to, to our family, not only to God, but to each other. Just to name a few others, we are to admonish one another. We are to encourage one another. We're to serve one another. Galatians 5 and 13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And I hope you are starting to notice, no matter what the duty or responsibility we talk about, they're all done in love. By love serve one another. All of these are things and more that we're instructed and commanded to do. But again, I hope that you notice that these are not just suggestions. We are being told to do this by our Heavenly Father. He's telling us this is what you will do. And when I fail to love my brother, I'm failing God, not just this family. There's a couple of other things that we as Christians, as family members, have been instructed to do for one another, and I'd like to talk about that this morning. Galatians 6 and 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Brother, life is difficult at times. Sometimes it feels like that's all we have is difficulty. For some, life seems to be a constant struggle, and there's never any relief. God's goal for this family is we bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters. In verse 1, Paul is telling us to help those that are struggling with sin. And helping your brother or sister during this struggle with sin is a way to help bear that burden. But understand, Paul is not just saying that that is the only way to carry each other's burdens. The burdens, the burdens that we are to help carry include any sort of difficulties or concerns that people's face. The word used in this particular verse means a heavy weight. Something that was very heavy was referred to as a burden. Hence the name beast of burden. 
The word that is translated as bear or carry is a word that is literally translated to carry or lift something or to pick something up and carry it away. If you pay attention to the wording to Paul's instructions, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I take that as if I do not bear my brother's burdens, I am not fulfilling the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ concerning this family? John 13 and 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Brethren, again, our relationships with one another are specifically designed and created by a loving God. And in doing so, He's instructed us how to behave with one another. What we are supposed to be doing with one another. Keep it in mind, the greatest is love. Doing those things out of love. Before we continue this thought, I want to cover real quick what appears to be a contradiction uh, here in these verses. Verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens. And verse 5 says, For every man shall bear his own burden. Okay, so what is it? Do we bear each other's burdens or not? Well, you know, Greg, sorry, brother, but <laughs> you own your own this time. Suck it up. Is that love? Is that the intent? The truth is, these are actually two different words. Um, and I realized this morning that everybody sees that I'm using a PowerPoint, and I'm not going to try to deceive. Everybody here knows that Ethan's doing it. I'm not doing anything up here. Uh, and they're probably thinking, Ethan probably did these Greek words too. But I actually did these myself. I looked these up myself. He was impressed. Um, and these are two actual words. Uh, verse 2 is baros. The meaning of that word is heaviness, weight, trouble, load, or abundance. The burden would be something extreme that would be almost impossible for one to carry on their own. The burden we read in verse 5 is fortion, a form of load not in significance, a task or a service. And this would be a burden that a man could carry. Similar to Matthew 11 and 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the second is the burden that Jesus expects us to carry. There are certain burdens we as Christians must bear alone. We must carry our own load. Galatians 5 and 14, For if all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Bearing your brother's burden is one of the most beautiful examples of love that we can show one another. When the burden is too much, we step in and we pick up that burden with you. All of you know I recently retired this in the last year or so. And, you know, towards the end of my career, I'd, I'd had almost 20 years on SWAT, and during that time, we'll wear 40 to 60 pounds of gear. And quite frankly, when you're almost 50 years old, that becomes very difficult to get in and out of that armored truck. Uh, it was tough. We would be on a barricaded person or a hostage situation for hours and hours. You get into the vehicle, and by the time you get back to the station, you can't move. When you go to get out of the truck, you see this 25-year-old swolled-up SWAT guy jump out like it's nothing. He just woke up, which is kind of embarrassing. But it's your turn to get out. Your bones are creaking and everything's cracking. Your body's stiff. You don't know if your knees are going to support the weight when you step out. And you've got all this gear. It's tough. It can be a little embarrassing. It can be a little humiliating at times. 
I remember we were getting out of Bearcat after a long day. We'd been out there all day. It was hot. It was so hot, like 100 degrees. We took all our gear off. We were holding it. So when we got back, we could just carry it off. As I was stepping out, one of the young SWAT guys, he reaches back and he grabs all my gear, probably 50 pounds, looks at me and says, I got you, brother. I get out. And I'll admit, <laughs> there was a lot of pride swallowing right there in that moment. I got my gear back and I went and took it to my locker and I, I guess I could have taken that one of two ways. You know, I was the guy's team leader. I was supposed to be setting that example. He was trying to show respect. And that's ultimately the way I chose to take it and I was very grateful. Brother, there will be times in our life, whether it be sin, whether it be health problems, whether it be your loved one's soul, you name it, where we just can't pick up our gear. And we cannot take another step. We've been out in it too long. We don't know if our knees are just going to give out. And we're looking at this obstacle and just don't know this time if I can make it. I've carried this burden for so long, I don't know if I can take another step. That's what your family's here for. That's when your family grabs your pack, grabs your burden, throws it on their back, and says, I got you, brother. And I'll tell you, when that guy grabbed my gear, I had mixed emotions. But the overwhelming one was a sense of caring. I felt that. And quite frankly, even pride. I know he genuinely cared about that old guy, but I was also very proud of him. He'd been on the same call, wearing the same gear, probably doing more work than I was. I was dealing with supervisors. But he saw a brother in need. He said, I got this. He chose me over himself. And I don't know why that made such an impact on me, but I will tell you, I have seen more than that show of love in this family time and time again. And I pray that you recognize those things. Tragedy will come. Death and sickness will come to this family. And brethren, I'm here to tell you that this family steps up every single time. I've told this story before, and I hope I don't bore you with it, but I remember when my brother was in the hospital four to five months. He was never alone, not one day. His family made sure of that. Last few days of his life, the hospital was full of this family. And I'll never forget, somebody came up to me and said, man, you need to go check out on your sergeant out there. He's boo-hoo and he has lost it. He had never saw the love of a Christian family working. And it overwhelmed him. He'd never seen that before. And I'll tell you, at that moment, I had mixed emotions. But I'll tell you, I was proud, a Christian proud. I was proud of this family. But more than that, I was in awe of God's design. Think about that. We oftentimes look at things such as this, and we don't realize there is a master creator that knew we needed this. He knew that there would be a time when the Hanleys needed someone to come and pick up their pack, throw it on their sh shoulders, and hump it out. Our legs were given out. We couldn't do it alone. Brother, let me tell you, if you have never experienced that, it is an amazing thing. It will give you a newfound sense of love and respect for the family God has given us. Now, for one, we'll never take that for granted. This family never ceases to amaze me with the love that we have for one another. There is an idea out there that Christians will not face these trials and will not face these burdens. 
James 1 and 2, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Job suffered heartache and temptation. The Apostle Paul suffered burdens. And you need to understand something and accept it. Life is full of temptations, heartaches, and burdens, if you will, that we as a people have to overcome. Every person in this room, every family member, every brother and sister, you sitting, sitting beside you, in front of you, and behind you, has gone through something. Every brother and sister that you have has felt the weight and wondered, can I continue to carry the load? That burden, again, can be sorrow and grief, sickness, aging, past mistakes. We could have a, a marriage in trouble, financial situations, difficulties with our children, unsaved family members. You name it, we have all had and are still dealing with those things. So what do we do? Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's a few things that have to occur for this to actually work, though. First of all, we have to know that your load is getting too heavy. We have to know that this burden you're dealing with is no longer the backpack of verse 5, but it's the load of verse 2 that is unbearable alone. I'm going to address something real quick with the family here. And, you know, at the end of this sermon this morning, we will offer an invitation. And I will say something like I always have to the effect of if you've, ever, if you've never been baptized or, or perhaps you turned away from him and you wish to have the prayers of the church or be baptized this morning, please come forward as we stand and sing. Now for those that have been asleep the last 15 minutes, you're probably grabbing your songbook thinking it's over. But it's not. we still got a few more pages to go. Anyways, that's the statement that I and many of you have made over, the, over time and, and and understand there's nothing unscriptural about that or, or wrong in any way. But oftentimes, we as a family, we see someone getting up and walking down to the front to accept this invitation. You know what we think? Woo, I wonder what Jeff did this time. Mm, it must be horrible for him to walk forward. He must have really hacked Angela off this time. Boy, it's not going to be good. And that's our thought process. I've been guilty of this. I've had judgmental heart in mind. And if you're honest with yourself, I bet you have too. So now when I'm struggling with a burden, a temptation, with financial problems, with marriage problems, with health problems, death, whatever it is, I never reach out to my brother for help because I'm afraid of being judged. Lori and I have always insisted on dealing with issues that come in our marriage. Because if I don't know what's broke, I can't fix it. Brother, if you don't know I'm struggling, you can't help me. You can't help me with the gear. And unfortunately, we as a whole, we do not take advantage of this avenue of relief, this avenue of joy, and this avenue of peace and love that God has designed for us. God says, look here, this world is tough, and you're going to get kicked in the teeth, it's going to knock you on your back, and then they're going to step on your gut. But all you got to do is look at your brother. And he'll give you a hand, he'll pick you up, and carry you if he needs to. But due to pride or perhaps the fear of being judged, 
We don't take advantage of this opportunity. We do not experience the love of our family. We have to be honest about our struggles. We have to swallow that pride or embarrassment or whatever it is. Let me just put it this way. God said there are, are, are different burdens. We studied that. Some burdens we need our family. To refuse this is nothing more, in my opinion, than pride. Psalms 55 and 22, Cast that burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. 1 Peter 5 and 7, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. We should take all this to God. Get down on your knees and pray. Open this book and seek wisdom. But remember in Galatians 6 and 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, do we have another contradiction in Scripture? Absolutely not. The Word of God does not and never will contradict itself. It's always a misunderstanding on our parts. God says, come to me, and if you need it, allow your brother to carry you to me. If you can carry the burden to me, I will not allow you to be moved. But if you can't get to me by yourself, if the hurt, the shame, the weight or whatever is too much, allow your brother to bring you. Brother, and ultimately, we always turn to God, but sometimes I don't have the strength or the endurance to make the turn, and I need Tim to do that for me. That is bearing each other's burdens. Man, Sean, I just don't, I don't know about that. Well, that's pride. Paul had no pride. I guess when you live Paul's life, he refused to allow pride to get in the way of his relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 7, starting in verse 5, For when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down can comfort us by the coming of Titus. Not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me so that I rejoice the more. How many times have you been struggling with something? And I mean it's eating you up. And you pray and you pray, God help me and there's nothing going on. You come in those back doors and, and brother or sister so-and-so walk up to you and say, Hey, how are things going? Man, everything's great. You go home and you pray to God again. You say, man, I need your help. I, you know, you haven't done anything for me. I wonder if God ever sits there and thinks, you know, I just sent you so-and-so to bear your burden and you blew her off. She dealt with that exact same thing five years ago. You just don't know about it. She could give you some relief. Isaiah 55 and 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Job 5 and 9, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Romans 11 and 33, O the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Brethren, we have an almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God that has created this family for you. And one of the reasons he gave us this family is to assist us with the burdens and the temptations that often come in our lives. We as children should take advantage of this blessing because he's given it to us. 
Although the assistance of your brethren will never make these burdens disappear. We understand that. He understands that. We can't help lighten the load. And when you see this, recognize it for what it is. It's love. The greatest of these is love from your family. And most importantly, it is love from your God that knows that you need it. Once again, as bad as some of my struggles have been, such as my brother's illness or whatever the case is, I was able to see God's handiwork. I was able to see each and every one of you step up. I got you, brother, and carry me to the cross. And because of that, people that I've grown up with and know my entire life, we became closer. And it was amazing. I was in awe. And I believe, again, that this is God's understanding that is beyond ours. He uses these moments to show us how great He is and how awesome He is and how loving He is. We as a family need to create an environment where our brothers and sisters feel safe to reach out. There's no judgment. There's no embarrassment or pride. There's love, and that's it. And unconditional love for our family, and most importantly for God. So when you see a brother or sister walk to the front seeking the prayers of the church, instead of, oh man, what did he do? Maybe our feeling should be to pick them up and carry them down. Maybe our first thought should be, God, use me. Use me. Whatever's hurting my sister, whatever's bothering my brother, God, use me. Give me some of that weight. Let me be the beast of burden for my family. I cannot sit by and watch my family suffer alone. I love them too much for that. Lord, give me the strength of Isaiah. Hear my send me, because I'm going. Send me to comfort my family, your family. Send me to carry the burden for them. Send me to show a fellow Christian how great and marvelous you are through love. Bearing the burdens of our family will bring us closer together. Bearing each other's burdens will help us through this life. And bearing each other's burdens will give you a small glimpse of God's love, not only for you, but your family. Brother, that is a duty of ours, and it is a blessing. Let's take advantage of these blessings. The leadership here would like to encourage and promote the love of this congregation. And bearing each other's burdens is one way that we can do that. One of the greatest things that we can do in regards to bearing one another's burdens is praying for and with our family members. Acts 20 and 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. The responsibility of the flock ultimately lies on the elders of this congregation. And we believe whether someone is, is coming forward to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior to be baptized, whether they're asking for the prayers of the church, uh, for whatever reason, whatever burden there is, an elder will be down here with you to assist you with whatever you need. We believe it is important that you know that this family and this leadership here is capable, willing, and they long to bear whatever burden that you have. You will not be judged. You will not be shamed or embarrassed. You'll be loved. I promise you that. You'll be lifted up to our all-loving and all-powerful Heavenly Father. We want to create that family atmosphere of comfort and peace and of love. One that above all else gives God the glory in all things. 
We love you. And is it important for me, Tim, and Dale and the rest of the leadership? It is important that you understand we pray for each and every one of you every single day, usually multiple times a day. We take our responsibility in that very serious. We also ask that you pray for us because we need that. The leadership, the church, your family, your brothers and sisters here, we are here to serve you and assist you in whatever burdens you may have. And I pray you take advantage of that. I pray you see the love that this family has for you. And I pray you see the love, most importantly, that God has for His kingdom. If there's someone in the audience this morning who has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they wish to be baptized, or perhaps you're here this morning, and that burden, whatever that burden may be, is becoming too heavy, and you need your family to carry that burden with you. You need us to pray with you. You need your family to help carry that load. Your family's here to serve you. If we can be of any service, please come forward as we stand and sing.